Welcome to the State of Sales Enablement Podcast with your host, Felix Kruger. Insights and actionable advice from B2B marketing and sales experts that share what it takes to achieve sales enablement excellence. Hey everyone, welcome back to the State of Sales Enablement Podcast. This is your host, Felix Kruger. We're about to get into an episode where I was interviewed as a guest by Britta Lawrence on the Expert Talk Sales Podcast. In this episode, we spoke about value messaging, which is a crucial framework for any sales team to consider if they want to deliver a concise and relevant sales pitch to their target market. We spoke about what you need to do to develop a value message, the mistakes to avoid, and how to effectively operationalize it. There are a lot of insights in this episode that will be relevant to business leaders, sales leaders, and sales enablers. I hope you enjoy it. And now to this episode. Hello, everyone. I am here with the fabulous Felix Krüger, a German-Australian football and basketball fan from Sydney. He believes that life is a journey, not a competition. And he is the CEO of Krüger Marketing. Felix, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Britta. Great to be here. Felix, before we start and jump into our topic, value messaging of today, can you share a little bit of your background story, some insights you want to share with our audience, who you are, where you're coming from and what you're doing? Sure. So I'm originally from Berlin, Germany. Grew up in the divided Berlin in the 80s, West Berlin, and started out studying marketing communications in Germany, which essentially, speaking of value messaging, trained me in being very concise and focused in my messaging and being strategic about it. The whole university experience was about creating ad campaigns and being really strategic about messaging. I then eventually relocated to Australia and worked in the tech world. As a project manager, marketer, salesperson, I was then a, what you call a product specialist at a digital publisher, which is a sales enablement role. At that point in time, I was responsible for enabling a sales force of 200 people across Australia. I was essentially responsible for developing products, developing the messaging, and then working with the sales team on bringing it to market and supporting the sales team in effectively commercializing that. From there, I moved on to start my first business, Witch50.com, which is a digital transformation news website for senior executives, where I really started working with high-tech brands like Adobe, like Oracle, like IBM, creating content that speaks to senior executives and really hits the nerve when it comes to connecting brands with the topics that senior executives are interested in and where I could bring in my sales enablement skills in actually bridging that gap between content marketing and the sales side of things and working with those brands. And now I run an agency called Kruger Marketing, where I'm fully focused on sales enablement. We work in Australia with brands on sales enablement, especially in the content space and the collaboration between sales and marketing. So sales enablement in Australia, for those viewers who are not from here, is probably not as mature as it is in the United States or in Europe even, because it's a much smaller market that is not as well resourced. Even though we have a strong influence from the American market, hence there is knowledge around sales enablement, but it is not as implemented as you would think it would be, considering the cultural proximity. So that's basically what I do. Try and get sales enablement off the ground in Australia. And you're doing a fabulous job. I mean, knowing ah, your you work, what it. you're doing and the community, which is growing and yeah. hearing all the praise coming from all sides. I think you're doing a fabulous job there. So congratulations ah, thanks, thanks. on those efforts. Felix, I mean, what a wealth of experience, especially if we think about our key topic today, value messaging. And yeah. that's 
core for all the activities we are doing when we're trying to open the doors, when we're trying to meet our new customers. No matter what, value messaging is key. But what is it really? How do you define value messaging so also people who are not too familiar with it can actually understand what we're going to be speaking about? Value messaging is essentially a framework that you would use within an organization to translate your capabilities into the context of the marketplace and really make your capabilities relevant to your marketplace. To understand value messaging, you need to understand actually what value is. I recently read a really interesting definition of value, which is the perceived benefit of taking a course of action and delivering an outcome that you're after. So the perceived desirability of taking a certain action. For example, if my course of action is I give Britta $1 and I get $5 back, that's the benefit I get. So there's a lot of value for me in that action. In a B2B buying process, that would be exactly that. You look at what the course of action is, whether you purchase and implement a certain technology platform, for example, <laughs> and in return, you get a certain benefit for your business. But the value messaging is all about actually defining that benefit of the business, but in the context of the person that you're speaking to. I think the term perception is really important here because different roles within organizations and then beyond that, different individuals that might vary from organization to organization have different perceptions of the issues that they're dealing with. And that's what makes value messaging such an important, strategically important exercise to go through if you really want to make an impact in market and really resonate with your target market. Absolutely. And you mentioned the perception part as well. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a human-centric approach as well. Again, if we really yeah. think about each person has a different understanding of how they want to perceive things. So this brings us back to there is not one size fits all value message. There is an outline, yes. However, mm -hmm. always targeted to the person you're speaking to. Felix, we said it's going to be about the secrets of value messaging. So from your point of view, what are absolute no-goes? What are things we should always avoid? I mean, we heard already personalization and human-centric, but what else yeah. are, the, are the things we should consider? Well, I think a big danger is to define value messaging based on your assumptions and prejudice of the market. I think a big no-go is also to think about value messaging as a magic formula that if you get that right, suddenly the floodgates open and you start printing money. It doesn't work that way. So you really need to go through the process of gathering all the intelligence you can possibly gather to understand the market and paint a picture of the market as, as realistic as possible. And once you have created that picture and you have populated your value messaging framework, you can then use that framework to lead conversations. I think messaging is also a bit misleading, the term, because it kind of implies a one-way communication. You send out a message and that's it. But I think value messaging should be defined as a value conversation. It should be a guide for sales and also marketing, but primarily sales to lead conversations in market and be able to communicate the capabilities of the business and the product in the context of the buyer's perception. If you talk to the same buyer role in the same kind of company, like across five companies, you probably have different kinds of value perception. You need to be flexible in the way you are able to communicate that. So it's more of a framework that sets the stage for sales to lead a conversation rather than a magic formula. So I think that's a big one to understand before you enter that exercise. Wonderful. And 
what really triggered me now when I was listening to you, Felix, was you mentioned difference between marketing and sales or how can marketing actually support sales? Because many times value messaging is perceived, okay, the salesperson is doing what you just said, this one-way communication and it doesn't come into this dialogue. So how can actually marketing foster and support sales and maybe what role plays sales enablement there as well to get the whole message across into a dialogue? I mean, marketing definitely can support sales in bringing that value message to life by producing content. So I think that's a big one. Marketing obviously has the content production capabilities in most cases, all the relationships with agencies that can enable content production. So that's a big one, obviously, especially in the context of remote sales. We were just talking about it. Sydney just went into lockdown, extended the lockdown, which means if there was a little chance of getting FaceTime with a buyer, now there's literally no chance. So if you want to be able to very concisely communicate your value message and deliver that remotely to a buyer, you need marketing support in order to do mm-hmm. so. I think generally speaking, marketing can also really support sales in capturing what works and what doesn't through data, because marketing channels obviously generate a lot of data. Sales do too, as long as they either have an automated mechanism in place to capture data through phone calls, for example, in their CRM, or they put in the hard yards and actually enter all the details into the CRM after each call. But when you think about messaging on the website and the capabilities that you have these days with platforms that help you identify who's looking at your website, It's really a powerful way to test certain nuances of your messaging and actually see what generates the most engagement. Web analytics obviously also play a big role in terms of the kind of content engagement that you generate, possibly also content that has been shared by sales with prospects. You're able to see which prospects have engaged with content in a certain way. So I think it's definitely one way to support sales on that front. To help organizations understand where they are in their sales enablement journey, Kruger Marketing has created a tool called the Sales Enablement Score. The Sales Enablement Score features a 20-question survey focused on the disciplines high-performing organizations have mastered according to leading industry research. Our algorithm calculates a score that indicates how much room for improvement there is for your organization. To calculate your Sales Enablement Score with this ungated and anonymous tool, visit salesenablementscore.com. That's salesenablementscore.com. If we take it one step further with sales enablement, digital marketing or marketing as we have it now is many times one too many. But we as Mm. a salesperson speak one to one or one to few many if we speak to more than one stakeholder. How Mm. can enablement actually support to close that gap between one-to-many to one-to-one, if we simplify it. Yeah, so, I mean, sales enablement, as always, is a translator and a facilitator. So I think mm-hmm. sales enablement is set up ideally to facilitate the whole process around developing a value message. In that context, it's important for sales enablement to bring everybody to gather the intelligence or to collaborate with other departments to gather the intelligence required to formulate a value message. I think that's one part basically being the connector between, let's say, sales and marketing, but also with other departments like customer success, for example, sales engineers, anybody who's got any market intelligence needs to be involved in their process. Not necessarily in a workshop, but I'm not a big fan of those huge group exercises to develop something like a value message because you have group dynamics that kind of play into the effectiveness of the communication during those sessions. So I would recommend in that case, sales enablement, engaging those departments separately and then bringing everybody together when it comes to the review. 
But yeah, I think sales enablement plays a big role on that front. And then also kind of act as a owner, ideally, once that is agreed upon that they actually look after that, of the messaging and basically maintaining that and engaging the departments and developing that further. I like to call it also like sales enablement is something like the sticky glue between mm -hmm. the departments and bring them yep. together. And yep. as you said, being the translator in the end to yep. make sure it's understood properly. Which leads yep. me to my next question, Felix, about critical skills. What are the skills needed in order to develop a concise and powerful message? Because we also need to think about the attention span we have available. So we have to hit the nail immediately when we speak mm -hmm. to our customers. Just to take a step back, I think in the very first instance, when it comes to the gathering of information and the understanding of the customer and the market, I think empathy is a really big skill that you need to have, not only looking at your own capabilities and basically taking it from there based on assumptions, but really listening to the core of the pain points that the customer has, the way existing customers use the product, why customers who didn't end up dealing with the company decided not to do so and so on. So you really need to paint a picture that is as realistic as possible of those functions that you're dealing with. And I think to do so, you really need good empathy and listening skills. That's the first one. Then when it comes to actually articulating the message, of course, it helps having some sort of communication skills and like copywriting skills, if you will, to make it as concise as possible. And that's why it also makes sense to involve marketing in that exercise, to make it as concise and to the point as possible. So I think synthesizing those insights and making them really digestible and easy to understand as possible is a real skill and a real challenge, I guess, that a lot of companies have because it's always harder to communicate something really concise, short and crisp versus just relaying all the information that you've gathered. From your experience from when you were working with teams, can you share some examples on how you actually practiced the adoption of the theoretical value message? and how it was really taken up into the real life from the salespeople. Do you have any examples you can share with us here? I think it's really important to not only communicate the value message once and then have it in a document on a shared drive and then just leave sales alone with it. It's really important to re-emphasize the value message, point out a new collateral that you publish, how that value message is brought to life. And then also when it comes to training and coaching to also involve the kind of reinforcement of the value message over and over again. So I think sales enablement has a really good position to embed the value message within an organization in the long term because they have the close relationship with sales. They are able to relay feedback back to other departments and so on. So I think it's all about re-emphasizing the value message and communicating it over and over again. Have you been doing role plays or were you more focused on coaching a sales rep throughout the process when they were using the value message? How did you actually reinforce that they really understood how to apply it? So I think coaching is probably the biggest part. When it comes to role plays, yeah, to a certain degree, but I think coaching and listening in on sales calls and witnessing sales presentations, that's probably the most effective way. Because in role plays, it's always a different situation compared to actually being in the in a real life situation and being in front of the client. There's a lot of people that forget everything they've learned as soon as the pressure is on. So I think, you know, Mike Tyson once says, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. So <laughs> that's the situation that you need to deal with when coaching salespeople, you get a more realistic picture if you actually see them in action. Absolutely. And I think yeah. through the coaching, you can really emphasize the actual situation. 
totally different than it used yeah. to be just through a theoretical role play. Do you think things like the new things coming up, I mean, they're not new anymore, but AI, what kind of role would that play in terms of value messaging? We know messages can be written by AI already. Has mm -hmm. a danger itself? Do you think that's also something that comes into the game when we speak about value messaging? I think AI can probably play a role in the process of developing a value message, especially when it comes to intelligence gathering, social listening, or let's say transcripts or phone calls that allow you to gauge feedback. AI algorithms are so sophisticated these days that they can even identify the kind of tone in the voice, like what sort of emotion is conveyed. So you will probably be able to gather the intelligence needed to develop a value message and then also gather intelligence to validate the message in market. If you think about a salesperson that is on the phone and delivers a certain value message, you can probably analyze the client response or the prospect's response to then make adjustments. But I yeah. think the actual definition of the value message is still something that should be done by humans. That's a creative process. And as we all know, creativity is still something that's, <laughs> some might argue that, but I think it's still exclusive to humans for now, at least. I absolutely agree on that. I think creativity is something that's one of our superpowers. We can't deny right. that we have that's that. Right. Which actually leads me to one of my favorite questions. And that's the secret tip. I mean, we heard creativity already, but what's some secret tip from your side you can recommend when somebody's starting creating value messages? What would you say is the most important thing to look out for? I think, as I said before, gathering as much intelligence as possible to paint a picture that is as accurate as possible. So I said before, those intelligence sources should be, for sure, customer-facing teams. It should be existing clients. It should be new clients. It should be prospects that you lost that didn't end up dealing with you. And it should be industry experts that understand the broader space that you can speak to and gather intelligence needed to formulate a value message. I think the secret tip that I can share that really takes it to the next level and really increases the impact exponentially is, as we said before, the impact of a value message is really defined by the perception of the person receiving it, right? And mm -hmm. the worldview of the person perceiving it. So the companies that most effectively communicate value messages, they influence the worldview of prospects, right? Which means that they frame the message in a way that the person receiving the value message is more receptive to it. And there's only one way you can achieve that, which is by having salespeople that have two things. Number one, industry knowledge. So they really understand the dynamics in the industry and the dynamics that the prospect is dealing with. Mm -hmm. and what that means or how their product can respond to those trends. And number two is business acumen, which means that you understand that a CEO is not interested in feature XYZ. A CEO is interested in protecting himself against disruption through technology. A CEO is interested in saving costs and the CEO is interested in capturing market demand, right? So you need to understand the business interest that is there at the level that you're talking to yeah. and able to communicate that effectively. Great. So it's the so, industry knowledge and the business acronym to yeah. mirror actually the other side. Exactly. And one way to do that, for example, is if you enter sales conversations, not from an angle where you say, I want to sell you something, but I want to help you respond to this certain industry trend. And I want to share the market intelligence that I've gathered with you through research. And I want to bring that research in the context 
of your business and make recommendations on how to respond to that trend, suddenly you become a consultant rather than a salesperson. And at the same time, you build the frame that is needed for your value message to really resonate. Like one of the sales trainers that I really respect from North America is Joe Marone from World Leader Sales. And he's got a phrase that I really agree with, which is, you should never ask your clients what keeps them up at night, but you should tell the client what should keep them up at night. That comes down to you being an industry expert and understanding the dynamics and market and being able to bring that knowledge to the table and being advisor and a consultant to those decision makers rather than a salesperson. Wonderful. I love that, Felix. And what just went through my mind when I was listening to you when we were summarizing this up is throughout the whole talk we had, there was one through line almost like we have to do our homework. We have to listen to the data we have. We have to read them, have the insights. But in the end, it's us humans who make the difference. How do we deliver? How do we perceive the other side? How empathetic are we? How are we communicating? So I really love this through line from data insights to the end factor that it's humans speaking with each other, communicating and making the difference. Absolutely. Felix, I want to be cautious of time. I know it's already late for you. And I'm really grateful that you agreed on doing a talk at this time. If our audience wants to reach out to you. Yep. What's the best way to get in touch? You can reach me on LinkedIn, Felix Kruger, CEO of Kruger Marketing. You can email me, felix at krugermarketing.com. You can text message me. I normally don't tend to answer calls of numbers that I don't recognize. But if you want to call me, my number is 0401085612. You can send me a letter as well. I'm not going to share my address here. So that's <laughs> fine. But these other channels that I mentioned should be enough. I'm a big fan of networking. That's how I gather my market intelligence. So please feel free to reach out to me. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Wonderful. Thank you again, Felix, for joining, for sharing your insights and have a wonderful evening. All the best to you and your family and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you so much, Britta. It's been a highlight. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the State of Sales Enablement podcast. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe in your favorite podcast player. If you want to learn more about sales enablement, you'll find a growing number of articles, videos, and templates specifically for enterprise technology businesses at krugermarketing.com learn. That's K-R-U-E-G-E-R marketing.com learn.